Hey everybody, welcome to Draft Politics. I realized I'm doing the intro again, so I think EJ should do the intro. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate you looking for balance, as all things should be. So I'm EJ. We're talking Chicago. We're talking local color counties. We're talking the state of Illinois. Our part two episode this week. Um, excited to be talking about some things, less excited to be talking about others. I will say one of the things that I am excited to be talking about is Middle Brow Brewery and the bungalow down here on Armitage, a place I've never been to, and we're recording on a Sunday, which gives us this great opportunity yes, to go to new places. Exactly. Yep, yep. And so um, I'm familiar with the area. My wife used to live uh, not too far from here, and I had seen this. Originally, this was a camera store. Now the camera store has sort of shrunken its footprint to allow for this brewery to be here. Uh, I don't know if they have investment in this or if it's just, you know, a totally separate thing. But uh, it's great beer. Uh, the food looks delicious. I have not had any of it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. seeing other people eat uh, some of the things on the menu. It's kind of a small menu, but but looks really tasty and diversified. Um, and look, they have got some really cool uh, different kind of beers on the menu here. Um, I think you and I are both currently drinking a lager, which is really tasty. Uh, this bungalow lager, um, really nice, 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 crisp. Uh, a little, little hoppy to my palate, but yeah, just right for you. Just right so. for me. So there you go. Um, I, I, again, I, I said this before. I'm I'm going to be coming back here uh, with other people, especially people who like sours, who like some different kinds of things. I think this is a great place to come hang out on their kind of outdoor patio area. So Armitage, just west of California, uh, the bungalow by Middlebrow. Yes. So, yeah, if you listen to our national podcast, you know, we took a chunk of time to talk about guns because there's been lots of shootings and Chicago is uh, not free from this, uh, as you as you well know, if you are familiar with Chicago. Uh, last weekend, so not this current weekend, I don't know what's gone on this weekend, previous weekend, uh, we had 46 people shot that weekend. Uh, it actually got to the point that Mount Sinai Hospital actually had to temporarily stop accepting patients because they had so many shooting victims to deal with. Um, you know, I mean, and it's the same pattern we've seen in Chicago where there's a lot of gang and drug-related shootings and bystanders get hit in the crossfire. Um, you know, it's... It, I, I'm sad that... You know, it's something we're so familiar with and, and used to at this point. But right. it is what it is. Um, although it got weird this week with Ivanka deciding to step in on Chicago gun violence. Right. Essentially saying, well, I know we're all paying attention to the mass shootings here. But remember, there were, you know, eight people killed in a park in Chicago, which was just patently false. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say what the intent was behind you know, the tweets, if it was really a distraction ploy, if she was trying to say, don't forget about places where, honestly, violence is happening all the time and we don't want to just get distracted by, um, uh, by the, the, the bigger headlines. Uh, but that didn't go over so well uh, with Lori Lightfoot, our mayor. And I guess they have a relationship right after... Uh, the election, they met uh, and they had some conversation, but um, there were pretty strong reactions from everybody to Ivanka both bringing it up, talking about Chicago at all, and seemingly trying to conflate 
mass yeah, shootings. Conflating with, two very different things. Right. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to. You know, we bring it up because, or at least I think it's important to bring that up to kind of show some contrast between the violence that we have here in Chicago, which is a problem, um, and some of the violence that's happening, you know, across the country. So those mass shootings happen for various reasons. The ones from in the last couple of weeks, you know, maybe politically motivated, may not. Um, I think the ones we see in Chicago are are the remnant of. You know, it's years I mean, of segregation. Yeah, years right. of segregation, years of disinvestment. Um, you know, and none of this is none of this is new, um, and we know what the answers. We we have a pretty good sense of how we can help address these problems. Um, you know, investing in the in those areas of the city where this is all happening, making sure that the people have a future other than in gangs. And, and dealing with that. And, you know, it's one of the things like, I'm glad we're doing marijuana legalization because I feel like that that will help with some of it. But then, it's you know, you're yeah. still going to have a lot of it fighting over other other drugs. You know. I mean, criminal justice re- reform in general will help. Yes. Um, I think there's, there's sort of universal agreement on that. Yes. But I think at, at the heart of it, Everybody who lives in Chicago, especially the leaders, have to acknowledge the years and years of sort of racist policies that have gotten us to yeah, where we are. Yes. You know, these the shootings aren't happening on the north side. They're happening in the west well, yeah, side. They're happening in the south side. Some shootings are, but, you know, but, you know, but there's a tremendous difference in yeah. degree for sure. I mean, if you looked at a map, you're yes. not going to, you're not going to. When we'll we see it, we know say, we know that it's going to be Inglewood or you know any of those sorts of places. Yeah. And so Lawndale, yep. And um, until I think we kind of directly address those things and and embrace them as the legacy that was left to us, we won't be able to yeah. actually fix them. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and the challenge we have, which gets us to our next segment, is where you know where does that investment come from? And you know we we're looking at so the official budget figures. Uh, in terms of how much of a deficit we're going to be running, isn't coming out until the 29th. Right. Which, as uh, a taxpayer in Chicago, I'm dreading that day. Oh, yeah. Right. So, likely a billion-dollar shortfall is what they're talking about. So, just for some context, our budget is around $3.8 billion. So, you're talking a quarter over what we actually you know, can af- like that's the amount of money we can afford to pay out, and we're still got another billion dollars in shortfalls. Like it's it's not good, um, you know. And there's talk about how you know, as things shift with the state and how that's financed, that you know, then more money can come in from the state to help offset those. So hopefully, we're looking at a turnaround after the next election, after the fair tax comes into play. But for right now, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Um. And it'll be really interesting. So Lori said that she's going to do a news conference on the 29th. And she's going to talk about how you know, her team has is proposing to address it. It will be really interesting what the mix is of um, deficit spending and taking out loans versus trying to increase taxes, you know, trying to increase revenue. And because there's probably some part of an argument that says, well, let's wait until next year to see what the fair tax thing comes in. 
Um, I hope they don't do that because the kicking the can down the road is what's been the problem all along. It's, uh, yeah, there's sort of a legacy of that here. Yeah. So, um, it. I mean, ultimately, that that billion is is some of the stuff that got kicked down the can, kicked down the road, not yeah. kicked down the can, kicked down the road from uh, Rahm Emanuel's administration. So. Oh, absolutely, and probably hidden from us yeah. a little bit at at, at the time For too. Sure. So, again, I I, as somebody who pays taxes in in the city of Chicago. I know that they're I'm, I'm going to have problems with it probably but I also accept that you know I've chosen to live here for a reason and that's probably the only way we're going to fix some of these problems. Yeah, I I love living here but it, <laughs> it has, has its issues. Yeah. And it's it's one of these things that I always joke about where you know as a an American culture we hate paying taxes. Like, we're pretty liberal progressive people. Right. And I'm still like mm, taxes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, taxes. I mean, yeah, I got my property tax bill this year, and I'm like, oh, ow. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I think we're both of the, like, we're willing to spend the money as long as it's being spent intelligently. Right, right, right. You right. Know. Uh, but, but anyhow, so it, it's, it's going to be a big day. Yeah. Uh, a big day for the administration. Yeah. Um, I think um, we should so all other, be paying attention that day. Yeah. And the other big thing in, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit on previous podcasts. Um, you know, the, the negotiation with the teachers union and the possibility of a strike. Um, some interesting, like, numbers that I've come across in the last week. Uh, there was talk about need to have more nurses in the schools, and I was trying to get some perspective on what that means. So the recommendation, and I don't know where this recommendation comes from, but it was to have one nurse per 750 yeah, students. It, it's like it's a national association of school nurses. Right. And if you think about it, like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, how many students are in a school... You figure, like, on average, that's talking basically one nurse per school, unless it's a really large school. Like, so, okay, yeah. that seems reasonable. Chicago is trying to improve on that. They're trying to hire some more nurses. That's great. But the gap is insane. We have one nurse per 2,900 students. Oh, yeah. My kids who go to CPS have a nurse one day a week. Yeah. And it's a smaller school. Yeah. But that's pretty typical. Yeah. That you're there talking, is a nurse that has a region, right? Yeah. So they go, they float around between schools. So you're talking three to four times the number of nurses that we have yeah. right now. And something that they don't mention in this that I think is really important, to be honest, is that we've privatized some of that work. Yeah. So, for instance, my kids go to a school that kind of share a campus with another elementary middle school. So across the, the, the couple buildings, there are lots of kids. They have one nurse in each school one day a week, and then they have a Heartland Health Center, which is a, a private company, and they kind of send kids there. Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. And I think that goes back to some of the spreadsheet management of CPS from the ROM, ROM right. days. Where oh, it's like absolutely. It's, a, it's now a variable cost, not a fixed cost, so it's somehow better. Um, and, you know, the Lightfoot's administration has come out and said, we're going to hire a bunch of people. We're going to hire nurses. We're going to hire some social workers, which has been part of the contract negotiations. But the reaction from CTU has been, well, you didn't talk to us before you hired them. So that's not good. Yeah. That's a slap in our face. Yeah. Which has been the rhetoric, like, has been the rhetoric from Jesse Sharkey and the crew you know, they're really ratcheting things up in terms of saying, like... Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's hard to know how much of that is, is an actual 
if there's actual drama there or if that's you know a negotiation tactic like oh you don't want to you don't want to mess with us you wouldn't like us when we're angry and then you know get an extra percent of whatever and um, you know right now that what's on the table is a three percent raise which is not I mean it's you know it's something but it's not a tremendous raise um, at the same time they would also be paying more for health benefits which right gets back to you know my position on you know medicare for all it's like if we can have health care just be sort of built into everything we can stop having that be part of you know labor negotiations um median salary for a teacher in ctu or C cps excuse me 75k which is like okay but they work an average of 58 hours a week yeah because you got to keep in mind that they're at the school working most of a work day at school and then they come home and have to do grading and preparation and like nobody ever talks about that that's a lot of work yeah um you know my my wife uh was a teacher uh at a college and you know the preparation work she had to do was a lot on top of everything else yeah it is it's not a lot of money to be a teacher here in the u.s um I mean, that's certainly, you know, if you think about number of work weeks, it's, you know, it's it's not like minimum wage, but it's not probably valued as highly as it should be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we have as sort of a general problem in our in our country is that your your value, your your income is really based on your ability to, it's your leverage in terms of negotiating for your yeah. salary. Like, it doesn't matter how much value you really bring. It's how much ability you have to say twist arms and say this is how much i'm worth if you have a very rare technical skill or whatever that's valued you make a lot of money because just by sheer supply Free and demand market, right if you're with a good labor union you make better money because they have that negotiation leverage if you're a ceo you know like there's only so many ceos and you want to keep the stock up so you're hiring in that pool like it gives you more leverage than somebody yep. else normally would have and so teachers because it is a labor of love for many teachers and there are many people who are in the pool of possibly being a teacher, it's they just don't have the same kind of leverage. They have a union and that helps them, but you know, we should be paying them way more than we do for the work that they're doing because it's valuable. We should be paying them enough that people would want to come from other careers and say, Hey, I want to be a teacher, not yeah. only because I want to do it, but because I make a good living doing it. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I've I found really interesting about the union, you know, obviously rhetoric is one thing, as you said, it could be a bargaining tactic or yeah. leverage tactic. You know, they're sort of, you know, complaining that it's the same uh, group of negotiators from the city side as Rom had. Like, and the city's saying, like, well, you already knew who they were. Bringing in a new group of people would slow things down. Uh, you know, we're only three weeks out from the start of school. Right, like I'm, I'm keenly aware of that. Oh, yeah. so we're three weeks out from the well, start. Well, it's interesting to me, like some of these like deadlines and like things are happening, like the independent review that they've got set up is yeah. not until the twenty sixth. Like, yeah, you, you get, we got to get going, people. Come yeah. on, come on, figure it out. Um, so the other thing, though, I've seen from the, from the union, which is, I'm interested in people's opinions and a little confused by it, is like the union weighing in on other things. So, like, you know, there's, there's this movement in Illinois to get rid of the law that prevents municipalities from putting in rent control. And Chicago Teachers Union is now involved in this. Yeah. 
I don't understand why. Well, because what they're trying to do is broaden, basically establish themselves as a broadened political movement. And so, like, we're here fighting for what's important to you and to your kids. And so help support us to do, you know, to get a better wage and whatever else. So, like, they've almost become, I mean, they're both a labor union, but they've also become a more of a political party in a weird way. Like, not an actual party, but, like, sort of like a, like, because they yeah. don't have a, they don't, I mean, well, we have non, non-partisan elections here, so parties are sort right. of involved in concept anyhow. But, but they is, have their candidates they back. Oh, yeah. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Like, how do you, as a member of that, you know, as a member of the union, how do you feel about them aligning themselves with certain causes or, you know, DSA, Democratic Socialists of America? How do you feel with them, you know, sort of taking up issues that are not directly related to teaching? I don't know. It's just, it is interesting. I find it interesting that they're doing it. Um, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just look at that and say, huh, we've got these negotiations going on. Shouldn't you be focused on that? If I were a dues-paying member of the, the union, I think I would want them to be focused on. Well, I mean, I think it's 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 about the broader leverage, right? So it's like if they make that outreach, it doesn't cost them anything to say, hey, we want that, make that a, an issue for us. And that gets a few more people fighting on their side, putting pressure on their aldermen, Etc. It, yeah. it, it, it there. I can see the v- advantage to it, but it does seem it does seem like you're teachers. What does that have to do with teaching? And uh, well, I, I mean, but even more sort of pragmatically, I could say to you, don't you want teachers to have better salaries and better working conditions, and the kids to have better working conditions? And most people would say, like, yeah, that that sounds good. Yeah. But then if I say to people, hey, I think we need to have rent control. Well, that's going to be divisive, right? Well, but let me, let's try a different tact on this. One of the reasons that teachers' jobs, we put a lot of burden on teachers to fix the socioeconomic problems that we have more broadly. It is true. And so there may be something to having the awareness to say, let's also be talking about the socioeconomic problems that ultimately affect what we're trying to do here at the school and, and whether the school is successful or not. And so that means your your rent. I mean, I, you know, we can talk about rent control, and, and that's that's that'll be on the next podcast yeah, maybe. Sure. But, um, but, you know, that if you want to make that an issue and saying, hey, if these people can better afford where they're living, that gives them more time to be with their kids, you know, and that their kids are going to be better prepared for school. I mean, it's it all cascades together. So I, I, I again, I'm all for sort of having a platform that is holistically about making the environment better and better for teachers, et cetera, et cetera. Get the check. Thank you. Um, but again, it just seems it seemed a little seemed a little weird. But anyway, let's move. Let's yes. kind of using that as a segue to talk about yes. Illinois. So, I, so this week, uh, not a lot going on. Yeah. There's the Illinois State Fair. So, if you want to talk butter cows, we can talk butter cows. Yeah. But I don't I, think we're, we're not the butter cow podcast. No, that's, I don't know that's what our sister podcast <laughs> this week in butter cows. This week, draft, in butter cows. draft butter cows. <laughs> it, it, uh, so, and I and I don't know what their food on a stick uh, level is compared quite up to, to the Iowa. Iowa standards. No. They really, the, the butter cow is really their thing. I it don't know. really is their thing. Can you get a butter cow on a stick? Uh, probably. Probably. 
Probably. They if might tackle knows, you as you know. try to like. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> it's it gonna gets, be a big it gets stick. Very weird very quickly. <laughs> it gets very weird very quickly. Um, I I actually felt like the biggest thing. Yeah, sure, we've got um, some interestingness with you know people being indicted and whatnot, and and I think we're gonna have some stuff in the next few weeks about the Democratic Party and the process of slating and what do you do when some of the delegates are you know, under house arrest, whatever. Um, and I think that'll come up. And I, I, I encourage you to listen next week to that because I think it's going to get interesting. But to me, the biggest thing was our dear imprisoned leader, Blagojevich. Yes. Apparently, there's some talk of Trump pardoning him. Commuting his sentence. I don't know if it was a pardon or a commutation. What a, yeah, whatever. Uh, um, and so, yeah, so... Apparently, Kushner was making the case to Trump that Democrats would be very happy with Trump if he pardoned Blagojevich, which I love how like much that shows Kushner's ignorance of how all of this works. Because like, there's nobody other than uh, than Rod and Patty Blagojevich who want to get him pardoned. Well, didn't well didn't Jesse Jackson say come out and say something about? You know, uh, well, I think it's been too long, and but but still, this is yeah okay. It's it's a fairly limited caucus that's in favor, right? Of this. <laughs> but and anytime you're like relying on Jared Kushner, like tell me the you know tell me the zeitgeist of African Americans and Democrats across right. the country. You'll win Illinois if you just pardon the guy with the hair. Yeah, like, and and obviously there's some relationship there between yes. Donald Trump. And yes, Blagojevich was on The Apprentice. Who who hasn't been? They, I'm um, sure they shared hair care tips. Yeah. And, and they, you know, there's been this kind of talk back and forth before. Patty Blagojevich uh, has gone on Fox News. Yeah, you know, and like Patty Blagojevich, I mean, she lives in the city. They 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 have a house in the 33rd Ward. Um, by the way, great. Uh, whatever you say about him as a governor, whatever. Really good trick or treating at oh, the yeah. Blagojevich oh, house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, excellent trick or treating. But you know, she's gone on Fox News, and then last week on Air Force One, Donald Trump was like, "Maybe this is the time." I don't know. I, and it it was so bad that so bad it it was you know such a fervor that Patty Blagojevich bought welcome home signs. Yeah, um, <laughs> you didn't see the look on my face, which was like ah. And I went to Colorado just in case, because that's where he's at right now. He's yes, right outside he's of Golden, the, Colorado. Yes. Okay, I and, was there and, for and, vacation. And, and remember, the reason why he's in Colorado is because in that prison in Colorado, they would let him keep his hairstyle. And he's got a rock band there. He started a rock he band. He started a rock band there. And I, I, That's like an actual rock band, or do they just are they able to just play rock band there? I, 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 I think it's an actual rock <laughs> band. Okay. All right. I assume it's a, an Elvis cover band, because he, he, he's a big fan of Elvis. Yes. So I was actually out in Colorado for a different reason, but it was it, it seemed funny and I know that like the Tribune and the Sun Times sent people out to cover just in case. Yeah, so who knows? Is he getting out? Is he not getting out? Oh, I don't think he's getting out. No. I I, I don't think Trump has enough self like what would Trump's self interest be there? I just don't oh, see it. Oh just I I think he likes giving out favors. And for the record Well, you know, I suppose if Blagojevich, you know, did a loyalty pledge to him. Who knows? Maybe he gets out of prison. Who knows? Maybe he's, you know, the next uh, DNI. <laughs> hard, hard to say. I mean, and, and for the record, the Republican Party in Illinois was like, 
What? <laughs> right. No. No. Please, 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 no. Please, please don't do this. So, I, I don't know. I, it's it's more more of the fun the fun media circus controlling the you know controlling the news cycle. Yes. I don't know. We'll we'll be taking bets on it. Uh, when you go onto iTunes to rate us, leave us a comment. Tell us whether or not. Tell us the date you think Rod Blagojevich is going to get out of jail, or you yeah. can just say end of term if you want. But yeah, and you know, just spinning off that a little bit. If you you know if you do listen to us. Let us know you are. Let us know why you are, what you like, what you don't like. Um, it really helps us. I had a great, uh, great bit of feedback from a friend of mine who's been listening to the podcast, um, you know, talking about, how, you know, she likes kind of more that's a little more humorous and laid back. And, uh, you know, that made me feel good and, you know, make me made me realize why I'm bothering to do this in the first place. Yeah. Other than I just like hanging out at a bar with DJ here and having a drink. So it, it is it is a good yeah, excuse works, for so. that. Anyhow, uh Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.